note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. from a just ghoul tracking. Greetings, boils and ghouls. Welcome to a spine-tingling episode of a just ghoul tracking. Oh dear listeners, we've dug up a real killer of a movie for today's show. I've got a bone-chilling treat for you today, straight from the catacombs of 80s horror. It's a tale of terror that will make your skin crawl and your blood curdle. That's right, kiddies, it's not just a movie about the demonic. It's a cinematic nightmare where celluloid turns the audience into sinister, bloodthirsty nightmares. The silver screen becomes a gateway to the world of the damned. Picture this, a movie theatre where screams don't just remain on the screen. Stay tuned for a spine-tingling discussion that will leave you screaming for more. I am your decaying, decrepit host, Helena Delaney, and with me is... Hello, I am Olvira. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten how spooky are you feeling this halloween season um i was feeling around uh seven i think seven on seven. the spooky scale yeah i'm feeling good spooky like not especially spooky because a lot of my halloween plans got cancelled so oh. <laughs> like, so i've not been doing all the dress up and stuff like that and i haven't done an oh i did do some pumpkin carving um, but oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I always have to carve a pumpkin, um, but we don't really get trick or treaters on this street, which I thought we would because it's a big, like, long street with tons of like families. But we also have been hit by a like a hurricane storm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, there is literally no one outside. The streets are just flooded like rivers at the moment. So um, yeah, I think I think that's washing away some of the kind of Halloween spirit that that should be here. But overall, I'm feeling quite good. I love Halloween. And I bought a candle, which when you light it, it, it has fairy lights in it. And when you light it, the fairy lights light up and um, it's a bat. So I think that alone gives me some spooky points. Very cool. Does that I've answer your question? <laughs> it does. I've got, um, I haven't got a candle, but I've got a, a pumpkin spiced. What's the, you know, those like the, the oil where you've got the sticks that poke out and they kind of, what are they yeah. called? got one of them. Uh, got a couple of them on the go. Diffuses yeah. the one. And very, I accidentally... Very, it's very white woman. 
get is I accidentally placed my baseball cap on top of it. And as I was oh, walking around idiot. the other day, I kept you're going. I kept going. I can smell pumpkin spice everywhere <laughs> I'm going. Is this like the sign of like <laughs> of like some sort of stroke? And then I realised I kept putting my hat down on top of it. So I'm getting. You're like being haunted really... by the most basic ghost in the <laughs> yeah, world. <laughs> but uh, did I ever tell you the story about when? Um, I used to do a lot of corporate videos. Now, I was working for a company called Worcester Bosch, who, you know, they do. And I, by the way, I keep saying, you know, and I've got to stop doing it. It's my real bad habit. Anyway. It's fine. I, I say like every three words. It's okay. <laughs> so I work for Worcester Bosch, who do like boilers and things like that. And one year they wanted me to film this guy up in Leeds who d- does pumpkin carving and he also does sculpture with sand. This guy is like super talented at carving pumpkins and they got him to do the most basic uh, pumpkin carving of just the Worcester Bosch logo on a pumpkin. And so I had to film it in stop motion like as if it's like That's carving so away. Boring. Yeah, I know. And then lit up and they said, oh, we also want you to film him like carving it as well. So not just a stop motion of it carving itself, like him actually carving and doing his, what he does for a living. And so okay. I got my um, motion track sliders and all things like that. And these really elaborate shots of him like carving away and <laughs> like really cool sped up shots. And I made it really cool. I basically did like a Sam Raimi job on him, like <laughs> carving this pumpkin. I was so pleased with it. But this guy, like, don't get me wrong. I've got nothing against ginger people, but he had a big ginger beard. <laughs> That's not a good start to any sense. No, hang on. But it's not, it's, it's not me. This is not me. They went... Is there any way you can edit out his beard? What? And I was like, I was like, what? What do you mean, edit out his beard? And like, we don't like the colour of his beard. Can you edit it Clashes, out? And I was like, it clash with the pumpkin. Is that the problem? <laughs> problem. I was like, what? Hang on. Do you want me to colour grade his beard? And they went, oh no, we just want you to edit it out. And I was like, I don't understand what you want me to do. What are you trying to say? Edit it out. Do you just want me to cut out the shots of him editing the uh, cutting the pumpkin? And they're like, yes, that's it. And I was like, well, every single shot is of him cutting the pumpkin. It's of him. He has a beard. You asked so, me to film him. <laughs> so literally, it's just his hands now and none of his face. Oh. <laughs> so I felt so... So I did this amazing oh, yeah. job and it well, got they like, down. To- I'm sorry, our customers are not bearded fellows. They yes. don't trust bearded people. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was such a lovely guy as well. And yeah, I felt bad for him. I want to anyway. know more about this guy. So his job is pumpkin carving. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a professional artist and he's, he's a sculptor by trade. And I guess during the spooky season, he does a lot of... Like he does world records for pumpkin carving and... Like I said, he has workshops where he teaches people how to pump, uh, carve pumpkins and, uh, cool. you know, helps disabled people with, you know, doing large pieces of artwork and things like that. And he does uh, sand sculptures, well, I which I think is... some really, sa- like, complicated carvings and stuff like that, really intrinsic. And then you just turned up with, like, can you write Bosch yeah. and a... Yeah, and Worcester a Bosch. It was just the most basic <laughs> Logan. I thought, I was like, oh, this is... I drove all the way to Leeds for this and... <laughs> this guy's so talented, and this is what we're getting him to do. This is what we're getting him to do, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But, yeah. Uh, so, what else have you been up to? You went to you went to uh, the Americas? Americans? I did go to the Americas. Yeah, that was a while ago. Because, um, when when was that? So, that was... Uh, we did our, we did our summer bish-bash episode. Oh, we did the blockbuster episode. Bonanza. That's yeah. the one. 
And um, yes, I went to America just after that. So I went, I spent about a week in New Jersey and then I spent a week in New York and it was fucking amazing. I absolutely had the best time, like just the absolute best time. I cannot wait to go back. Um, I felt so comfortable in New York. Of all the places I've been in the world, for some reason, New York, I just felt very comfortable in, bizarrely. New York's amazing. I have to say, like this, the, the biggest surprise for me um, more than anything else was how much I loved New Jersey. Like yeah. I did not expect to just fall in love with New Jersey, but I just absolutely did. Like I think it's wonderful. <laughs> like and I know like it's so funny to be like New Jersey's such a malign state. Like it's such like yeah, a ask Brandon, he's from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny enough, I was actually I didn't know this, but I was speaking to Brandon when I was there, and I literally was like in the neighborhood he grew up with, grew up <laughs> in. So he knew all the stuff that I was going to and stuff. But, like, I loved Aspie Park. I loved, like, the beaches. Um, I loved, like, as soon as you get out of the kind of urban sprawl of New York, it because it's beautiful. Like, there's a reason they call it the Garden State. And, like, it's just this beautiful kind of landscape and areas and stuff like that. There's far too much driving. That's the problem with America anyway. Like, um, but, like, I love, like, Red Bank and places like that. I just had such a good time. Did you actually go uh, to Red Bank? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have friends you, who live in Red Bank. Did you see the <laughs> like, stash? So, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. The Did my the only time I ran through the center of Red Bank is when we were late for the train to New York, and we had to race through this the town to get some something to eat because we were running really late. We found out like seconds before getting the train that the that the parking for the train station doesn't allow you allow you to leave it overnight, which is okay insane like insane american law for no reason so we very quickly had to find a friend ask him if we could park at their place is there any parking like and if if we can drive to yours can you quickly drive us back to like to the train station so we can jump on this train and not miss it because we were going to see like a broadway show that that afternoon and as is tradition pars and i probably took way too fucking long to get ready um, so we're already running late anyway. <laughs> like, so it was one of those days when we were, it was all high stress, all panic and stuff like that. And, there's, and we then we had to do a bunch of stuff like getting the dogs to pl- dog to a place to get sat and stuff like that. So it, we ended up like getting the train such like so late and everyone was kind of stressed at each other. And then, But as soon as we kind of sat on the train, all those stresses kind of went away and we had a great time. And that evening, actually, we went to go see a Broadway play called... Um, uh, here lies love oh yeah which um we we actually booked it on like a whim like one person had said to my friend pars like this is good actually i think you'd like it and that's all we kind of knew about it (laughs) and then we we were in the hotel in new york going well let's go tonight we said we'd go tonight so let's just go tonight what tickets are available and there was barely any shows. The show we'd already missed like the early showing for most shows, but this was starting later. So we had a choice between like three plays. I can't remember what they were. And one of them was Here Lies Love. And we were like, fuck it, let's just go to that. And that's basically what, what it was. Like that was all we knew. But get this, like Here Lies Love. It was uh it's a musical with music by David Byrne from the Talking Heads. Oh, man. And Fat Boy and Fat Boy Slim. What? <laughs> from from Brighton. <laughs> like so and it's um it's a biological mu- like it's a biographical music based on the uh the um first lady of the Philippines, the former kind of uh dictator of the Philippines, uh Imelda Marcos. And um mm-hmm. it's set in like a Filipino nightclub 
and uh, all the music's like kind of nightclub music, and it has a spinning stage at the at the on, at the bottom where it's meant to be like a dance floor, and as like the dancing, the audience are down there, and the audience are meant to be kind of dancing with the spinning stage because you're meant to be part of the the show. Like right, at okay. times, like the M- MC will come out and get everyone to get stand up and dance, and it gives you instructions to dance and stuff like that. And what the funny, one of the funniest things for me was one, the play's fucking amazing. It made me cry, and the music's brilliant, and the cast is fantastic. And I also learnt shit about like uh, the Marcos, which I never knew. But also like the crowd of people that are stuck <laughs> in the floor section <laughs> range from clearly people that were very excited to see this. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of girls that we uh, wanted the opportunity to dance and thought that was fun. A lot of boyfriends who really didn't fucking want to be there, and a ton of like tourists who were clearly just like wandered into a show without knowing what they were doing and so bought hang, seat hang tickets. <laughs> so it was a standing show; you could stand to watch it. Yeah, so the floor is standing like it's a nightclub. Yeah. Oh, well, like okay, well, okay, interesting. And um, with the stage in the middle, and the stage kind of rotates, so they have people like directing you down there, so you don't get crushed by this rotating stage. But it's meant to be you're <laughs> boogieing on with the music, really. But it's just so funny. We were like literally the back row, <laughs> like nosebleeds. Like, did it so feel weird this... watching a show where you stand to kind of watch it, or not really? Or well, we were sitting. They get you up to dance. I think oh, it might okay. feel like I think it'd be fun if I was on the floor because you'd be dancing a lot like um this it's very like clubby the music because it's fat boy slim and stuff so i think it would be fun it just was very clear there were a lot of people who didn't think this was fun <laughs> in the kind of floor section who may not have been like aware that they were going to be standing the ho- and dancing the whole show and then we're just expecting to kind of see a normal show where they sit and watch it but they've bought the really expensive tickets well i remember when um, i went to when i went to new york for my birthday we went to see book of mormon and yeah. you could tell there were people who were sitting around us who really weren't aware of what this show was. And every five seconds, it was, oh, my God, I can't believe it. No, <laughs> you can't say that. And it's like it's like you were saying, like some people just, they just, they're in New York. So they're like, okay, we're going to go to a show, get whatever tickets. And then they don't yeah. exactly know what they're going to see or what to expect. Yeah, I mean, we did that, frankly. It just worked out for us frankly yeah but also <laughs> but, though you're a, but we were gonna like whatever who, we saw unless it was shit you're, you're conscious enough to know that okay there's probably people around here that are enjoying this so i'm gonna keep my mouth shut if i don't like it or something <laughs> do you know what i mean you're like yeah, yeah i wouldn't yeah 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 was so there's some people i really recommend it if they don't like it they're very verbal about it which i find weird yeah, and that was the funny thing. There were a lot of people around us that were clearly not really enjoying it and not really getting into it. And I, I mean, we were a little bit hyper aware that, like, you can't just sit here and not be into this. It's a really... In- it's, they advertise themselves as an interactive kind of play. So if you're going to go to that, you can't just kind of sit there moodily. <laughs> That's weird. That makes you really weird and makes you stand out rather than just standing up and dancing like everyone else. No one's going to, like look at you weirdly if you're dancing with everyone else if you're yeah. sitting down being a grumpy pants then everyone's going to look at you it's very to be weird fair, though, do that that's probably me though <laughs> 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 although i went to a show the other day and i was on my feet the whole time singing along and that was good fun which one was that oh i went to see blink 182 <laughs> reliving my youth um, youth my youth um, yeah, because as I said, I turned 40 the other day. 
And so I've, I went to see Dashboard the week before, Dashboard Confessional. Perfect. <laughs> most, most emo of emo bands. And then uh, <laughs> saw Blink-182. Because you saw the same tour of Blink-182, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. So were you, were like you quite far much. back? Or? <laughs> you were? I was like... I was like at the back row, yeah, of this yeah. of the O2. I, um and because of that I didn't have the best of times if I'm honest. It was I just can too I can understand that. I mean those I po- wanted to dance and sing and no one yeah. around me was like that. Um Yeah. Like and and by the time you're that far back the atmosphere had dissipated so much yeah, that I felt great. a little bit awkward about it as well. So I didn't have the greatest time to be honest. I don't think it's not Blink's fault. I think it's just that arena is like that if you're not if it's not working yeah. in the crowd you're in. I mean, thankfully, I I coughed up a fair bit of Well, I'm not saying thankfully, <laughs> but I coughed up a fair bit of money to get good seats. And while it's back in the day when you were to buy tickets, they're all set prices, weren't they? And I think the way that Ticketmaster works now, it's all about supply and demand. So if, if the site is heaving for that show, it will just keep charging you more and more and more until they can whatever they can get away with and it's just terrible absolute criminals yeah it's like a mafia bands can opt out of that you know so they did it to the cure and the cure robert smith said no we never opted in for this so you're going to refund everybody so everyone pays a set price for whatever seat they're in and made Ticketmaster repay people back for the shows because it's just it's just robbing it's just terrible but yeah but um as I said, it was our 40th, mine and Caroline's birthday this year. And so I thought, well, let's. We're big fans of Blink 182, so let's just. Fuck it, let's just get good seats. And um, we had a great time. Although the yeah. sound for the support act was terrible. Literally couldn't hear the support act at all. Just was huh. awful. I but didn't see the then, support when I went. I didn't oh, get you know early enough. No. And then Blink had a pretty decent sound. But we were in a smaller <laughs> arena than you because you were, I'm guessing you're at the O2. Which I was at the was, O2. You know, it's fucking giant. It's yeah. so big. Like, it's, it might be the first time I've actually been there. I was going to go see Paramore there, which, but again, I looked at the kind of. What? No, we have been. Like, You've been there. Have we I? saw Monty Python there? Oh, uh, that was the O2, wasn't it? And we were right at the back. Well, that was fucking ridiculous. That was the yeah. that was just watching six old men that you couldn't see thousands of miles from you. The funniest part of that show was when they showed clips from the TV show or the films on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird show. That was a very was. weird show, that was. It was very weird. And, like, I saw the other day, like, Kim Petras is playing um, the O2, and yeah. I was like, that would be a really fun show. I'd like lo- I'd love to go to that. Like and I looked at the tickets and like the cheapest tickets are like two hundred pounds. I'm like, who the fuck is this for? Like it's, it's Kim Petrus's audience are quite young. And like I can't imagine that they've all got that amount of money. And I'm hearing now a lot of her tour she's paying to like quite empty places. And I just I, oh. of course you are, because the tickets are an absorbent like it, absorbent that's not the right word inordinate fucking cost and well i mean it's clear that blink 182's fans were all around you know my age and so they've probably got some disposable income (laughs) because it was and the guy that was sitting next to to me really annoyed me because if you're gonna get up and get a drink that's fine i'm not gonna quabble about you getting up now and again to go and get a drink but every five minutes he was just getting up, going to get a drink, coming back with like arms fulls of beers. And I'm like, and he was just caning them like that quick. 
and but just kept smacking into me as he was walking past me or knocking my hand out of the way and like as I was and it, I'm just like why are you paying this much money just to get wrecked to like, not be I don't, here yeah yeah I'd, I'd, very odd we were um me and Laura went to go see a show the other day in London and it was one of these um shows where it was just they put some like folding chairs in like a comedy club and there was like no room between the aisles at all and when we got there it looked like the entire place was sold out and but like what some of the bar staff was like by the way there's tons of empty seats around that corner just no you can't see it when you enter so no one knows there's seats there so we made our way down there and there was like there was basically just a row of men (laughs) sitting on the edge of the seats like so the entire so the entire rows were empty nearly there were a couple of people spotted in them but there but there was like that kind of barrier along the aisle of just like like single men had decided to sit there and um (laughs) so i asked i asked like the second row i was like shall we sit here so me and laura went in and i asked i said sorry to the guy and we pushed past him and we couldn't push past him he had to get up into the aisle for us to move past that's how little amount of room there was and uh so we pushed in and we sat next to these uh these these two guys that were very nice we got along with them and we were sitting there for a little bit and i went oh shay tell you what laura i'm gonna get us a drink what, what do you want and so like, i went up to the bar and i got i got us some drinks and I asked the guy to move <laughs> he got up and got into the aisle and i came back down and asked the guy to move and he got up with a every time he was slower and more annoyed (laughs) and pushed back and sat down and we had drinks and then um we were sitting during the show and uh the there were about four or five people next to us and halfway through the show one of them was just like i'm really sorry i need to go to the toilet um i'm really sorry i I, can come can we push past so I, I said, so I tapped the guy next to me and went, I'm sorry, they're getting up. Can we, can we get up? So in the middle of the show, there was just like a train of people stood up and made their way <laughs> into the aisle <laughs> like for this one guy to get past. Like he had to go past so many people along this little aisle um, to sit down. And then like, I knew that he was going to be coming back, obviously. So I, I we kind of like just quickly sat down all in different places and um when he came back the the guy at the end of the column just stood up with a big sigh and moved <laughs> to the seat like he didn't even stand up he just moved seats <laughs> so this guy could come back in <laughs> and i felt so bad for it must have been so distracting because we were literally on like the second row it must have been so distracting for the for the the people recording like the hosts but it was quite funny to me <laughs> what was the show uh, knowledge fight it's a podcast where they listen to alex jones i've never uh, oh okay interesting <laughs> <laughs> it's really good i love it I've, I've never actually seen a live podcast i think the closest I, I've, been I've been to, quite to a few. i've seen adam buxton's bug but it's not a podcast it's like he just watches youtube comments on youtube videos but uh, yeah he just happens to have a podcast that isn't that show <laughs> Yeah, which which is weird because you think if you used to have if you if you used to have a video podcast that was buggy, it'd be perfect. And I think he had it as a TV show for a while, but I think but, um, it was a TV show. Maybe the rights are tied up in something because I don't care for his interview show. Yeah, Sorry, they're not that Adam. interesting. Any, yeah, I find yeah. I mean, I loved the um, Adam and Joe podcast or radio show back in the day, but that's like probably going back 20 years now yeah it's a long time ago it is a long time ago all right so enough about shows let's talk about some (laughs) movies yeah i was gonna say like let's not do like new releases what like horror films you've been watching throughout spooky season 
what have I been watching this spooky season? Well, I have to admit, not a great deal because I have just finished directing and animating a, a Christmas music video <laughs> for a guy <laughs> called Mark Tremonte, who you may not know that name, but you'll definitely know a band that he's in. Okay. Do you remember a band called Creed? I do remember a band called Creed. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guitarist, or is still the guitarist in Creed. And he's okay. done like a Christmas crooner uh, album with the um, uh, Frank Sinatra backing band. Obviously Jesus not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> obviously not Frank Sinatra's actual backing band because I'm assuming they've probably all long since passed now. But but the ones that I guess that are the official band that they use his name or whatever. But uh, so yeah, that came out the other day. But yeah, I haven't really watched a great deal. Um, trying to think uh, what have I watched uh, I watched The Exorcist I re-watched The Exorcist just because it's it's a bona fide classic and I was kind of interested to re-watch it because I know there's the new version that's or the, the the legacy sequel that's come out that everyone's kind of trashing on so I thought yeah, I'd yeah um, bad have you bad. actually watched it <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, I think I gave it a single star Ooh. on Netflix <laughs> what a it's weird fucking cr- what a weird career David Gordon Green has had. Like, it's just, oh, I don't understand. No, right? From his early films and then to his, like, comedies, which, don't get me wrong, I, I really like Pineapple Express, but he's done some pretty bad ones as well. And then. then like, work- yeah, even like, he just seems to get, he got, like, really self serious with, like, Prince Avalanche and Joe, and Stronger was a very self serious movie. Um, and then. He decided to destroy a one seventies horror franchise, and <laughs> now he's on to the next one. <laughs> but I didn't yeah, like, hate his first Halloween one, but I hated the other two. It's just like it's it's devoid of any anything. I can't even. I I can barely. I wish I'd written a review for it to remember why. Like it was just nothing. It's just nothing. It's just like. It's just boring. It's just utterly, utterly boring fare. Like, like, takes forever for anything to happen, then nothing happens. It's just utterly, utterly crap. There's a shot in it that was... It Basically, they introduce... Um, Linda Blair gets, like, the kind of... Uh, Linda Blair gets the Nick Fury treatment in this film. So Linda Blair enters the film at, like, the last second, like, she's Does she, like, initiate the Avengers, the Avengers of, like... Of exorcism, um, they're they're definitely okay. going that way. They they definitely are going that way because the whole point of this film is they had an exorcism. This is so funny. They had an exorcism with tons of like American um, denominations of Christianity represented there. So, but okay. like the cap, but the Catholic priest wasn't like he was like, no, I've been told I can't join in. And then halfway through the exorcism, the Catholic priest enters like he's fucking Iron Man. Like it gives him like the hero's <laughs> entrance into this fucking film. Like, oh my God, the Catholic's here. Oh my God, we're saved. That kind of thing. Um, spoilers. Not saved. Um, but like, and then at the end of the film, I don't want to say too much in case someone wants to watch it, but Linda Blair enters and they're so building up that this is this is a demon that's beyond... It's 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 this is a demon beyond our 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 understanding of religion. This this goes across all religions, kind of thing. This, so is so it doing still that. It's, is it still Pazuzu or 
Um, they don't actually call him that in this, but they'll they'll drop that name in the sequel. Of course they will. Like, is it like I think Gozer it's meant to be the same. They're like they're bringing yeah. back this. <laughs> I think it's meant to be the same demon that they dealt with in the first Exorcist because it. Um, Ellen Burstein's in this film, who played the mom in the original Exorcist. <laughs> she must be nearly um, hundred or something now. She must be getting yeah, and she, they clearly didn't write and she doesn't do anything she really doesn't do anything she gets like these hero welcomes kind of thing they're pretending that she's been like traveling the world being like an exorcist since which is bullshit because in the original film she doesn't do anything that's the point yeah, she's not even whatever. in the room <laughs> no she's not even in the room um but yeah and then at the end of the film um linda blair comes and kind of to ellen Burstein. for some reason they've not seen each other for years because i don't who fucking knows like it's just so hard to give a shit it's so hard to give a shit because this is not even a, a completed film but just after the kind of linda blair drop it drops to a a, a um shot of one of the girls that's possessed and she kind of looks slightly at the camera and then it cuts to like the credits and it plays tubular bells and that shot oh, they brought of that the back. girl <laughs> Yeah, that's the first time they play it as well. They drop. That's it like a really a weird hammer. choice to bring that back into the film because the way that works in the original film, it's not like it's, it's not like it's part of the score or anything. It's just a song that they use in the film, isn't it? And it's like, so yeah, but this it, this doesn't. It's just picking up on the iconography of what the Exorcist is. That's right. all what it's doing. Like, you, like it's it's hoping that you have the bare memories of that film rather than actually like that film, really. It's and that hopefully, if you've got these kind of cultural memories of what The Exorcist is, you're like this, really. And um, it's shit. But that one film, that one shot of that girl. This is what I wanted to try and articulate. This is really hard for me to articulate. Is that one shot of the girl is clearly a fucking outtake. It's clearly just a shot of her early in the movie that she looked over when the director said something. But they clearly are using it because they realised they didn't have a like fucking ominous drop for the post Linda Carter scene and it's so quick it's like it feels like the shot of the kid is barely like a second long it really does feel like a little bit of like some footage they found on a b-roll and we're like well she looks kind of a little bit menacing there drop that one in because and, and clearly they're trying to say like oh she's still possessed um but they should have actually shot something if they wanted to say that rather than just have this this b-roll of the actress looking at the director <laughs> this is i guess this is my own paranoia but it just read so bad the film's so sloppy i hated it the next film should be like david gordon green it should be a meta one but being like taken over by the ghost of friedkin <laughs> <laughs> i would say freaking would have hated this which is fine because he hated everything so he it's not really a, like, and i'm not like I'm not fucking. What's the, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that The Exorcist is some hollowed ground. Bearing in mind there have been five sequels and all of them are bad. Okay, uh, the third Exorcist, one's alright. Exorcist three is okay. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, I don't want to. Don't come at me. <laughs> what was, wasn't there a TV show as well? <laughs> was there? God, I'm maybe. Sure. Wasn't Gina Davis in there? Have I made that up? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, There's a Poltergeist TV show. Is, is that there? one? Yeah, Portugal's the something something. I used to watch that all the time on Sky One. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's just yeah. There was a TV show with Gina Davis. Christ. And it was directed yes, by Rupert Wyatt. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Exorcist is some hallowed thing that you, like is going to be ruined by this being bad. It, but it's just sad. Like it, that yeah. really is. It just feels like a sad little movie, and it's like really you're doing this. Like you are so like devoid of creativity. That's that's what it felt like to me, frankly. Yeah. Even the second film, which is the se- the second Exorcist film, challenges you to pay fucking attention to it. That's like, and even <laughs> that has more going on. Um. So yeah, pass. So here, whatever ones do you want to hear about? I've watched loads. <laughs> but yeah, I honestly I haven't watched many horror films, so you crack on. <laughs> well, I watched uh, Five Nights at Freddy's as well. Is that actually? Um, I didn't even know that'd come out. Yeah, it came out like yesterday or something. Friday, maybe. Um, they, uh. I don't want to shit on this because it's not mine. I've always hated Five Nights at Freddy's shit. I've never liked the games. I always thought they were boring. I think the lore is always. is, is overdone, um, over semi serious, and just kind of like internet edgelord shit, really. So, um, just, just to clarify, because I'm not really in with it it's basically based on like Chuck E. Cheese kind of animatronic yeah. monster creatures coming alive at night basically and kind of yeah hunting the games down. are like the games are like kind of like you play a security guard in like an old abandoned Chuck E. Cheese type place and but there's it's like a lot of it is like um cct footage and stuff like that so it played really well on like stuff like twitch and like let's play videos on like youtube and stuff like that because it was really good just reaction stuff for people like getting scared by it really um and then it just took on a huge life of its own i think most of fans of five nights of freddy's might not have even played it they just know the games from watching people play it because they're 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 good like reaction stuff but i've always found it I've always found the actual game itself and the law of it just well over fucking played, and there was no difference in this film. Like, because I, I know just, they've they've basically done the same premise with the banana splits, didn't they? They did a banana splits movie. Uh, I guess so. And yeah, then yeah. they did the Nick Cage movie, which what Wicked Willie's Wonderland or something like that. Yeah, which the the, the thing about I, the thing about Five Nights at Freddy's is it's not really about the animatronics um, at all, really. And this kind of delivers on that. The fact that it isn't really about them. And they're they're not really evil, basically, is to sum it up without giving right, spoilers. Okay. Um But it, the problem is is that you kinda of go in expecting something and you don't get any of it for me. And it just took itself so seriously that I was just so I was so bored. Like it and like sixty minutes, the first sixty minutes feel like they take an forever this feels like the longest thing i've ever watched and then it just descends into not even a movie after those 60 minutes um i'm glad mary mary stewart masterson got paid but she's literally playing an evil aunt that is trying to adopt a girl because of the welfare money she can get from her which is like is this a disney movie is this like this is like a disney special (laughs) like that's your villain um and matthew lillard is probably the only person who um really kind of turned up for this i liked his performance he's well, he's like a but... he's like treasure though isn't he wherever he's in he yeah, always a, he always brings royalty something. to the screen yeah 
Yeah, and then what was the other one he did? He did uh, 13 Ghosts, was that him? 13 Ghosts, yeah, 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 yeah. Scooby-Doo. Like, Scooby-Doo. I didn't um, realise he voiced Shaggy for like for loads ages, of the cartoons yeah. after yeah. that. I had no idea. He basically is he is Shaggy for a massive, like, huge generation of people. Like, yeah. But I love Matthew Lillard and he kind of turned up and gave you something interesting, but I just didn't like Five Nights at Freddy's. But it's, in fairness, it's... Def, no, the Zoomers seem to be turning up for it and it's making money, so whatever. Like The Zoomers. Who cares? The Zoomers. It's a fucking Zoomer property. Like, it's not for me. So, like, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't really care to criticise it too much, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it and I didn't, so that's not the most interesting thing to ever kind of review. <laughs> um, The franchises I caught up with this, this year is I watched all the Final Destinations... Um, okay, I have seen. I think I've seen them all. The last one which, I think I saw was a had a stock car or like a car accident, like you know, racetrack. I don't know if that's four. Oh yeah, that's um, final destination. The final destination. That's four, which is the worst one by far. Which one's the, five? The fi- then what's what's that one? I can't remember what happens in it, but I just know it's not. <laughs> all I remember is the stock car one. Is the one with the racist? Is the one with the Nazi? Right. I think. Final Destination 5 is the one with the bridge. Oh, uh, okay. I've not seen that one. Um, but it's fine. Like, they, they get back on track with the fifth one. Um, I like them. I think Final Destination 3 might be my favourite, or the first one. Like, I think 3 is one of my favourite. The roller coaster. 3 is really fun. It is, I had yeah. The, I really had the DVD and it had, like, choose your own adventure, so you could kind of choose. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember and that. When I was I watching think, it, I was like, I watched it on Amazon. I was like, where's my choose my own adventure thing? Come on, like, give me it. Yeah, did you know it was, um, this is probably me mansplaining. I'm like that meme where the guy's kind of like <laughs> leaning, talking to the woman. Did you know that it was going to be an X-Files episode and it was written by, I think it was Glenn Wong. Is it Glenn Wong? And it was going to be an X-Files episode and then it, they just decided, oh, it's, its own. it's probably big enough to be its own thing. Yeah, it's fun. I, you cannot think too much about it. Well, like yeah. I think watching five of them in a row, I think I watched them on the same day. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. Uh, you start kind of like thinking too much about them. So like at some point I was like, nope, stop doing that. But I, I, I really like them. I love that. I would I would watch a new Final Destination movie in a second. Like I really would. Anytime um, I'm on the I, motorway though, and I see one of those like massive lorries with, like carrying like yeah, with big log. logs or whatever, <laughs> I th- I think straight to that film though, that second film. <laughs> I um some beds is the same for me. I think some beds. Yeah. I think of Final Destination. Yeah, that. Those, I mean, I don't have that. I've never been on a like, sunbed, so I, I don't think I. I know. I avoid them like the plague. I just they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I think part of it is Final some beds are quite easily avoidable. I think if you if you don't. Yeah, want to they're on. they're always around though. Just You're always getting your nails you. done. There's a sunbed somewhere, like, <laughs> like ready to ready to kill you. <laughs> the the nail um, good I one watched... is a good one in this in the third one. Oh, the guy yeah. works in the hardware shop. Yeah, and I'm um, see. I think that's the third one again. I think. And is it the third one where there's a muscle guy and he's kind of working out? There's loads of films where people die by. The the by heavy. I think that's the second one. Is it the second like, one? It keeps showing 
there's like a sword above his head and then there's something else. Yeah, and it's like, oh, which one's This is my favourite thing about watching Final Destination is they give you so much. Like, the camera cuts to like some, a wobbly screw and like <laughs> something the, else. And like, the there's so one. much. What makes me laugh about them so much is that water is constantly like oh, flowing somewhere and like it's like it's being controlled by death. It's always water. I think it's the second one where someone dies in the shower and he gets wrapped up in the shower curtain or whatever and it's, it's like the most convoluted yeah. way that he gets <laughs> it's filled. so convoluted yeah. <laughs> good good movies yeah what um, else what else have you caught I watched all of the Insidious movies um, which I've, I've seen the first before. one and I fucking hated it I hated it the, so much I think what's really funny about the Insidious movies there's two things um one is I think the red face man Darth is Maul. the wor- is the worst attempt to make a horror icon that's ever happened because he doesn't even exist in the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're bringing him. Isn't there another one? He does. He like... comes back in the red door. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but like my favorite thing about the Insidious movies is that it becomes a Lin Shane vehicle, and I love watching lynn shane like do movies um i actually hated the red door because it wasn't a lynn shane like they basically like did like a how can we get lynn shane into this and she does like a youtube video but like like i loved how like especially like, insidious especially three um uh, last key i thought was a little boring but especially insidious three is totally just a lynn shane movie and there's no reason why lynn shane at like 70 should be heading up a fucking horror <laughs> franchise but she's great and i was just in love with her and i was like i could watch so many lynn shane movies doing this like i don't give a shit about like patrick wilson's family i just want this to be lynn shane and her weird nerdy crew going off doing insidious stuff what and so really i've only seen the though. first one where is Lynn Shane she the dies in the did... first one. <laughs> Hang on, is Lynn Shane the, the the landlord in Kingpin? Yes, and... yes, she is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've only seen the first one. So from what I remember, doesn't the demon take over her or does it take over the dad at the end of the first? It takes over the dad and kills her. That's it, that's it. That's the end of the first movie, yeah. So. Right, okay. Bear, this becoming a Lynn Shane franchise is incredible because she dies in the first movie. <laughs> but isn't that the same and as Saw and then yet he's still they, always back in every single Yeah, one. exactly. They do not bring her back. I think they regretted killing her. They could have, they they really, they've worked themselves into an absolute fucking knot to make this like Lynn Shane movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I really enjoyed watching them, actually. Like, I was, I was kind of fine with them. I, I quite liked Insidious 1. Fine. You know, it's three stars, whatever, like, um, two I liked a little less but I liked three and then last key I thought kind of sucked but it was still fine um, and then I just didn't really like the red door because there was no lynch <laughs> but now I want like I really want a because I also watched I also caught up on the conjure, conjuring verse um, so I'd seen all the normal conjurings but I watched all the Annabelle movies and I watched the nuns as well and uh first Annabelle movie sucks so much and both the nuns suck so much but Annabelle creation and Annabelle comes home are really fun and I really enjoyed them and actually really surprised myself how much I enjoyed them especially like Annabelle comes home I thought that was really 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 good um as a kind of crossover to the conjuring and now I basically want a crossover where it's Lynn Shane's little kind of exorcism group and like the 
the conjuring kind of exorcism couple oh, and i want them to team up and do a big con- big exorcism kind of like well that well that worked thing. though because obviously the uh, obviously ones, there's a problem <laughs> they're real they were real scam they've artists. all met patrick wilson <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's a good point as well maybe yeah. they do split screen so he's like but in both i don't know yeah. but i just think it'd be fun and they're both like because they're both like james one movies originally so there's 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 room to sweep that sweep that in and um, come on hollywood give me my lynn shane crossover with the that conjuring last conjuring things. movie was absolute dog shit though it was it i was. hated that i hated it so much and people the nun 2 is so bad is so it? is the nun but the nun 2 is so bad i was so like this is when like so th- this is fair play to my exorcist review by the time I'd watched Nun 2, I was so fucking fed up of horror movies being basically like Christian <laughs> movies. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> they, they all just descend into like, there's a demon and we got to yell Jesus stuff at the demon and and then we then we win. And uh, like Insidious is basically that without like, it's not heavy on the religion, but it's the same kind of thing, really. It's about like the kind of a Christian afterlife possession and oh there was and stuff that like astral that, like. projection and all that kind of stuff where you kind of go into those weird yeah but of... this, that's all kind of like the depiction of like christian afterlife it's not so. like you know that there's it's all based on the idea there is like a, a physical afterlife place and there are demons there and there are like and they can inhabit you and you can get rid of them by yelling words and symbols at them in the real world kind of stuff like and that's all basically just exorcism stuff so what's, what's so that's... i was just so fucking bored of it you know the red face guy who looks like Darth Maul. Yes. What, what, what's yeah. his like little level that he's in his like little domain? You know, like Freddy Krueger's got his boiler room. What, what yeah. it's like? Yes, a little. He's like kind of like um, Rumpel's skin, isn't yeah, he's he? Got, like, he's got like control panels, like he's controlling his little. He's got like a little weaver thing, yeah, and he's yeah. making like gloves. I don't know. I don't it's... know. <laughs> in um in the red door, they 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 introduce you to the idea that I might get this wrong. But they introduced the idea that the red-faced man possessed um, Patrick Wilson's dad. Um, oh, years, ag- Wilson, years ago. Yeah, years ago when Patrick Wilson was a kid. Oh. And that's been like a lifelong trauma or something like that. The Red Door was very bad. Um, yeah, this is what I, I hate about modern filmmaking where everything has to be explained. It's like, you know, the nun. Everything they've done- has to be about trauma. There's nothing wrong with The Nun just being a 15-minute segment in a Conjuring film just to set it up and get people <laughs> yeah. like geared up for that new adventure. Doesn't mean yeah. to say we need to have two films explaining... Who The Nun is. It's like... And, after, Freddy, and after two movies, I can't tell you any more I'm about surprised, The Nun like, than what I learned in The Conjuring. If we go back to the 80s when Freddy's, you know, the third Freddy film came out and you find out that his mom was a nun or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, if that was made now, they would make a spin-off of that film <laughs> yeah. about his mom getting, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> giving birth to Freddy. That would be a film now. Yeah, and how, like, she was... It's because she was traumatised by yeah. someone or something. It's all, like, it has this weird, like, need to kind of sanitise horror a little bit. Sanitise is the wrong word. It's just that there needs to be, like, always this kind of, like, psychotherapy analysis. Of, yeah, like, I know, I know what you of, mean. And it it's just like, gets on my nerves a little bit, frankly. Like, isn't it better sometimes when evil's just unexplained? It's just there. It's just nasty, and it doesn't need to have a reason for being. It's just a little it's just, bit. It's just horrible. I don't know. 
I like uh, I I don't know if you've watched No One Will Save You on from Disney. No. Um, but I was really enjoying that until it just stopped being what it was being as well. Like it's like scary aliens, and then it kind of went a bit. Oh, weird. I've heard of that. I have heard of that film. I didn't really understand what was going on, but um, the alien looks a little bit like Paul from Paul. I thought you were going to say Paul Naden, then I was like, what? <laughs> Paul from Paul. I oh, pull that amazing. Twenty thirteen. To... Is that what it's from? I can't remember. No, I reckon it's twenty ten. I reckon it's even. <laughs> anyway, that was a terrible film. But I liked the fact that Paul got some more work. I guess <laughs> <laughs> they they dug out that old uh, <laughs> took out that project muscle. file, <laughs> dusted it off. <laughs> um, what I, I I watched I watched Critters and I thought that was a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> the first, I enjoy the first one. Is I'd it? waited my whole life to watch Critters. I remember like when I was a kid, there used to be posters of Critters everywhere. Yeah. It was one of those like iconic posters. And I was always like, that looks great. And I'd never, ever watched it. And I knew it was Stephen Herrick, you know, like, or, you know, Mighty Ducks and Excellent Adventure and 101 and, mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> <laughs> but like... That so excellent Richard Dreyfuss uh, vehicle. <laughs> yeah. It taught us so much about humanity, <laughs> and uh, and there's, I there's so much business in in critters that I was like I cannot keep up. Like why is there so much going on? The whole plot is so hard to explain, and I thought it was just like these aliens are going to crash land in America and they cause havoc and they have to kill them, and it's not. <laughs> it's they're they're like escaped prisoners from like this alien spaceship, and then they escape and then they send bounty hunters after them and the bounty hunters can shapeshift so they spend the whole film trying to like shapeshift and learn about american culture i think i don't know and then you get also get like the family uh, who are getting isn't d wallace Wallace, who's like always a mom in every single (laughs) d wallace yeah yeah emmett emmett wolf she's in it yeah um um billy zane is in it as a boyfriend i think yeah yeah uh, Lynn Shane is in it. We love Lynn Shane. <laughs> and then when you get to the later ones, you've got Leonardo DiCaprio. Is he in the third one? <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's in one of them, I think. I just was like, this is too busy. Uh, this it's script like, is too much for me, and I couldn't keep up with what was going on. I was like, oh, did, you, did you something. only see the first one? Yeah, I only watched the first oh, one. Oh, I was going to say, they end up in space in like one of the later ones. It's kind of like, I think Leprechaun, there's a, ne- a Leprechaun in space, and then obviously okay. there's Jason X, which is in space. They oh, all fine. end up in Horror space. Horror franchises can end up in space, that's fine. That's, I actually like that. Jason X, if I'm honest. Jason <laughs> X is fun. You can be like fifth filmer in space, sixth filmer in hell. That's fine, yep. that's a normal route. <laughs> oh, there's, there's definitely a Hellraiser in space, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. I feel like I've taught a lot I and mean, we haven't taught <laughs> anything about why we're here today. Um, I think we were recording for like an hour. So what are we talking about today then, Lena? We're talking about the 1985 movie Demons. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. 
your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons and who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. So Demons was originally released as Demoni. Demoni. That what That's what my version Demons? said. My my Demoni. Arrow Blu-ray. Oh, did you watch the Arrow Blu-ray? That's interesting because I watched it on Amazon. Oh, we got stuff oh, to compare. Um, um, you do know you can watch this on YouTube as well for free. <laughs> I think I watched it on... I think I watched it for free on Amazon. Oh, fair enough. I think. I think I watched it on Shudder, maybe. I mean, I, um, I imagine there's not a lot of difference between the two. Of My... My credits were all in Italian, and then was your audio in English? Yeah, it's all in English. I th- they're even speaking in English in the film, but I think yeah, they're doing I could like... tell it was so dubbed do... though. Oh yeah, but I think all Italian films for a long time, going back, you know, yeah. the spaghetti. Uh, We've Westerns, spoken about this before. Yeah, yeah. Sync so sound was a technology. thing that they didn't yeah. bother with. So, yeah. and I think even going back to the. Uh, the 80s even with the um you know the jello films and stuff like that they were all recorded without sound and then they dubbed it later and they usually got american yeah. like actors to to dub because i think I, the main actress i think from this film is uh where's she from she's um she's from lebanon uh beirut so she's not even italian i think so yeah she's lebanese italian french yeah so born in beirut yeah I see. I wasn't. I was just wasn't sure, and I clearly haven't done much research for this episode. <laughs> I don't think you need to do a lot of research for this film. If I'm perfect, <laughs> I I always lean on you for the Halloween specials. They're your ideas. I'm just here to kind of talk. Um, but like, I just wasn't sure if they had. It was like a kind of like Fitzcarraldo type thing that they recorded it in like Italian, and then they they also did like a English dub as well because at the time they knew they were going to be able to sell it to American audiences. So I didn't know if there was like you know, one of those times where you have those dual recording. Because I could see that they were speaking English, but I knew it was dubbed, so I didn't know if they'd done no, like I, an Italian dub and that was the official official. Obviously, like, God, uh, Dario Argento's name's like right on top of the poster, <coughs> but he didn't direct yeah. it, he produced it. It was no. uh, Lamberto Barva, who is... Yeah, we haven't even said that yet. We just who is Mario talking. Barva's son. <laughs> and this is one of his... Yeah, Mario films. Barva, like huge like history of like family kind of filmmaking. Yeah, actually, like, bit of nepotism going on. <laughs> A bit, oh, Nepo baby, Lombardo, we're calling you out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, obviously he's connected to um, Dario Argento, who's like the king of Gallo, the yeah. absolute unprecedented king of Gallo. And because of that, I did think this was going to be a Gallo movie. Um, am I saying Gallo correctly? I never know. Giallo, but like, Giallo? Um, or... Giallo, Gallo. It means yellow anyway, if you want to. Yeah. Um, but like... I wouldn't call this a gallo at all. Like no, no, no. no. This is this is just like a over the top monster in the vein of like Evil Dead or 
Pops and yeah. stuff like that, isn't it? Kind of basically. It's a proper like you know, it's a proper like splatterfest eighties movie, a bit of schlock, really. Yeah. I think that's what it is, really. Um I think there's I guess there's elements of Gallo in it a little bit. A Gallo's so hard to fucking like actually kind of comprehend of what it is it's such like a nebulous concept anyway it's a lot more to do with the kind of the movies that italy were producing those kind of weren't they kind of like darker detective stories like jello kind of kind of like that kind of thing they there was they're basically like if you can call anything blood and things like that which is obviously his dad directed they were kind of like horror inspired yeah, kind of. They were almost a bit like precursors to slasher films, a bit, weren't they? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they, 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 if there was any through line between what a Gallo movie is, it's there's normally a female character, main character, who sees something that's bad. Yeah, and they're being feel and like they're they, being followed or something. Yeah, like that. and they carry that with them through the movie. Yeah, like so, and that that can starts. Be, that's how it starts. This film. Yeah, right, incredibly nebulous. So like. I think the element of that in this that you have that female character that's kind of seeing this horror or sensing this horror at the beginning of the movie and that's kind of haunting them but that's very quickly dropped so I wouldn't call this a gallo at all but it was I didn't I, that surprised me I was fully expecting to sit down and watch a gallo actually with this because we haven't covered any I think at all have we that's still no, something I think we haven't actually covered when we get to the 60s I think that's probably we could probably do some of the yeah. early ones definitely like some of the uh Mario Barber ones or something like that. That'd be fun, yeah. Because uh, I, I, I definitely wanted to do some of the Argento ones, but we've covered the seventies and eighties. But maybe we can always go back eventually one day. I think we actually them. have an Argento one for the two thousands. Okay, interesting, interesting. Because one of his later ones. Because I definitely haven't seen his later ones. Yeah. Um, so I think I think we can come back to him actually later on. But what's what is your history of like Italian horror gallo? What's what Argento like? Do you have honestly you, you a big my history? Like my, my history is of Dawn of the Dead. Basically, I just knew that he okay. was the reason why Dawn of the Dead exists. Yeah, um, I, I've seen uh, Tenabre phenomenon, right? And I've seen uh, phenomenon, yeah, and the bird with the crystal plumage. So I've seen those three films. Yeah. Um so that's that's literally my extent. I do want to go back to like Mario Bava and things like that. Um, but my initial goes back to how I found out about who he was is because he was the guy who got uh, George Romaro to make Dawn of the Dead essentially and then he then got all the raw footage of Dawn of the Dead and made his own version didn't he like a cut of that which had more of the Goblin yeah. soundtrack which again yeah. then leads into Demani or Demons because uh, the music's by uh, Claudio Simonetti what's his name Sim- Simone- Simonetti who is the okay. plays keyboards in uh, Goblin? Who did the soundtrack? <laughs> I didn't Dawn actually make that link. Cool. Uh, I mean, yeah. the, the, the score is one of the best things about this film, in my opinion. Like that opening, because <laughs> I I listen to a lot of the uh, score in the, the score in this is hair metal, and it's no, that, all that's hair the metal. The soundtrack, bands. the score is like the synth stuff. Oh, though. sorry, yeah, yeah. The soundtrack, sorry, is all hair metal. That's what I just wanted before you. Well, talk hair about the score, metal, the and then go west. So, so when you see those like what punks, like? when you see the punks driving around, they're listening to hey, Go West. We, we have to, we have, we'll have to come back. We have to come back to the punks. We cannot get into the punks right now. <laughs> like, I'm fascinated by these characters. The, the soundtrack really made me laugh. Is it's all these kind of hair metal bands who I have heard of but don't know their music. 
like so it's like saxon and like even rick springfield or like yeah. accept or even motley crew i don't know motley crew at all you'll you'll know, you'll know some motley crew if you I will know some of them, but they're not someone I'm familiar with. So it kind of made me laugh listening to this that they yeah, Billy I, Idol. I didn't know who were playing, and then Billy Idol's there as well. But for no it's li- the Lit- music I- is literally in their scenes when they're driving the car. I think there's a, yeah. the Motley Crue song starts at the beginning of the film that they're watching in the cinema. Is that how they put it? Um, in? So, so the music, so the music in the film when they use the actual like rock songs, it's um, it's non-diegetic hang on i always forget which one is diegetic <laughs> this no, is like every episode you do. it's basically music that the characters will hear in the film it's not like yeah yeah it's yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i mean should we just quickly just go through the plot about what it what it is yeah i think i mean let's just before we go on, is there anything to say about the production of this, like the development of it? It's really, think, as far as I can tell, that it, it was I, just... I think on. essentially <laughs> it was going to be... It was originally envisioned to be an anthology film, so this would have been yeah, part yeah, yeah. of three three stories in one film. Yeah. So so we were joking earlier that it sounds a bit... It, it felt a bit like a Crypt Keeper. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. So you could kind of see this with an intro from a Crypt Crypt Keeper, and then it'll have another like thirty minutes short, and then another thirty minutes short, and that would make like a nice little anthology film. Yeah, but because um, Mario Bava, Mario Bava made Black Sabbath, obviously yeah, very yeah. famous. You might have heard that that movie became a band, um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's an anthology film. So like it, he, I think he envisaged to have it in a kind of similar way to that, um, because he was was he just did he release Blade in the Dark or was it? Yeah, you did. Yeah, Blade in the Dark is a big like, gallo hit. Yeah. And so off the fact, back to that, he got some good funding to do this, which you can tell that's where this movie comes from, the fact that he has money. Um, and I think you can tell that because they really do go all out with the special effects and, and, and the set pieces and stuff like that. So you can tell that this is that moment of him getting that big wad of cash, go do something. And he's like, I'm going to do a movie like my father did. Um, yeah. I don't think he did a movie like his father did. <laughs> I think I think once uh, Argento came in on board, it kind he kind of he was very heavy on it. He kind of because I think he he wanted to get back into producing. Yeah. After the success of Dawn of the Dead, and kind of started to produce a lot more films, and he did direct them, and uh, this was one of them. And I think he was kind of quite heavy-handed with it. Right. Um, okay. And uh, which I'm sure maybe to the annoyance of the director i'm not i'm not too sure but he did come back for a sequel they did a second one and then there was a third one that was written but it became a different film called the church or something like that yeah yeah and then i believe there was a straight to tv kind of third demons but i'm not i'm not entirely sure i have got the second demons here and it's basically it's the same kind of premise but they come from the tv as opposed to the cinema screen so it doesn't really quite follow one from the film because the film does kind of set up a sequel kind of Oh, it totally does. It totally sets. But it doesn't really. I like the ending of this, apart from the. We'll get to it. Um, but like, it's it was in it's it was quite a success when it came out. It it made a lot of money in Italy. Um, and then in the United States, it made quite a big splash. Um, I think it's not especially well remembered, really. I mean, it may be in certain circles. It feels like it hasn't got the greatest reputation when I was looking around for information on it, really. 
Um, yeah, I think the the mask but, is quite is quite famous. You'll have seen the mask yeah. like around like just a, a conventions or like in just horror iconography. The mask is quite famous, even though, in my opinion, it looks like something you'll go to the pound shop and you'll see it in the, in the, like, the Halloween section. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> but I was exp- I was looking around all Kim Newman to see like you know Kim Newman seems like he's going to be all over this film and he's not really. So oh, really? He doesn't really. Yeah, he doesn't seem to like it that much. Well, which like, just like, surprised me. So the only reason why I really know about it is I did a podcast years ago called Tom and Ollie's Big Kids Club, and we had my friend uh, Duncan on. You, you'll probably remember Duncan. He was in our zombie film that we made when we were kids. Okay. Uh, he was named, we called him Drunk back then, so you probably remember okay. Big hair. And he just said, oh, you should <laughs> check out Demons and Demons too." I was like, okay. okay. It uh, is so totally bought- one of those movies. This is and totally a movie that a guy that you used to call Drunk tells you to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And... Um, uh, so I bought them because they've been out of print for years and I bought them and they weren't cheap actually um, and so the, one of the reasons why I was keen to do it for this was to justify me spending the money to, to, to own as them as a tax write off but yeah totally <laughs> um, but do you know what I I have to I enjoyed it I thought it was really good fun honestly I kind of it. it goes in line with have you seen Return of the Living Dead which is kind of like a punk kind of yes yeah yeah, yeah. so I prefer Return if I'm honest <laughs> What did I say? I think. No, I said I prefer Return to this. Oh, Return actually. is a is a great yeah. film, like Dan O'Bannon, and uh, the yeah. the effects are so good, like Tarman and everything like that. But I mean, that's the a whole crazy history. About this that is how... probably a little bit complicated. So, we, but it's not. It's a bit. I don't know. Not complicated, but it's. It, I feel probably feels a bit stupid for me to complain about. <laughs> What's that? Sorry? But I loved the problems I have with this film. Oh, probably okay. a little bit stupid complaints. But it's well, just, well, like, what are those then? Or, or we can get uh, to it. I guess we might as well say. I think I felt like the characters were so nothing. Oh, they're all, oh, they're all one note. They, they, they're all the same. But they're person. barely one note. But I think my problem with it, they all felt like they felt very unreal to yeah. me. In a way that they all feel like kind of old men writing like young people in the eighties. Well, That's I mean, they, you have. You have a bunch of punks sniffing coke out of a coke can. I mean, how on the nose do you want to get? I didn't understand what was going on. They literally have a coke can full of coke and then a straw in it. And they keep sticking the straw up their nose and like sniffing. And then like, oh my God. And then they it gets knocked out of like one of the punk's hands and just white powder goes all over the car. <laughs> I don't. What is, I, well, I don't get the whole part of that subplot because it goes nowhere. I thought, okay, these going to be like. So if you watch Return of the Living Dead, this is why I brought it up. The whole the punks, the people who you think would not become the heroes, are the heroes of that film. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. And so exactly I thought, oh, I these guys are going to come yeah. in. They're going to be assholes, and then all of a sudden they're going to save the day. They'll save but the they day. Yeah. They, they get in there. They're getting they come in contact with the demons and then well, that's it and i'm like okay yeah. so we've wasted this whole like 15 minute subplot on these guys for well for it felt no like reason. because this movie isn't even 90 minutes so it felt like that like, the original script was coming up to about like to be, 60 minutes and they I were like the we only, need to put something else in this like, it's the only reason hang on i'm trying to think i know we're getting well ahead of the plot and everything like that but it's the only reason why the punks are in it is because then the door opens to let the old guy out or does the old guy just get out anyway i mean they could have done it another way but yeah i yeah. don't know 
it's so weird. It's so weird that the punks in this. They keep cutting to them constantly. Um, and you're just seeing this weird, like, I don't know. They think but they're they, so cool. It's just so weird kind of the punks, punks are so confusing. These people it, have never existed in the world. They're kind of like the punks <laughs> in Streets of Fire. Yeah, like yeah, that weird kinda. kind of like the one the the girl punk reminded me of that. Ah, oh, what's that? Um, South African band. They're like quite controversial, and they're oh in, okay. Uh, they're, they're in were, um, they're in Chappie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your favorite film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's they, what are they called again? Her Batman name's Yolande yeah. and the other guy's Ninja, and I can't remember what they're called now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll think of it a second. It's like Van Atwoid or something like that. Dan At- Oh, D- Diane Word or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. They're meant to be massive assholes. <laughs> are they? Yeah. Well, the Chappie's um, fantastic, so. That's okay. <laughs> What a career that guy's had! Like, what a fall from grace after District Nine. But anyway, what Chappie? Chappie's own. Chappie should be in more movies. No, I mean Definitely. the director Neil Neil Blomkamp. I know it's being stupid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so should we get to the plot? Yeah, the little I don't know where is. we are anymore. Um, so demons. I, I'd actually what I wanted to say because I I know in my 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 script keeper intro I spoke about the fact that it's like the movie turns them into demons, which isn't actually what gets revealed during the film. It's actually the cinema is the the haunted thing. The movie yeah. just just happens to be there. I don't know who made the movie. Well, people talk um, like they they don't even know that the cinema exists or it's never been hasn't been open. Yeah, they were like someone was or... like this cinema. It was abandoned a few years ago. I can't believe it's open, kind of thing. Um, so it's, I thought that was kind of interesting. That like it's the whole idea that there was a haunted cinema. That's a little bit different than a haunted film, actually. But I assume um, the film was made by the people who have now opened at the cinema, because obviously all the yeah. iconography, Nostradamus's well, like- tomb, and all that, and the mask and everything is all there on display. With the motorbike, like... with the the night on the motorbike, which looked like Night Riders. The have you seen Night Riders, the George uh, yeah. Romero film? It kind of felt like the cinema was meant to be alive, though. Like yeah, because there was... is a part later on where you see like slime, almost like slime and stuff like dripping out. When yeah. they, you know when they burst through the porcelain-looking wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who has a porcelain wall? But um, but I thought that was kind of I think the one of the problems I have with it is everything felt a little bit unfinished. Like none of the characters felt like they had any kind of interiority at all. <laughs> and like, because I, there was a bit of a disconnect between the movies haunted and it's, and it's corrupting people. And actually, no, actually it's the cinema is alive and it's the cinema that's corrupting people, which isn't really true because they were showing the film. So who made the film? Like, it, it better if there wasn't like any projector or any film or anything it was just like yeah it was like a spooky film that had, was just manifesting just appearing out of no manifesting or something yeah, yeah like or something like that but there, then there was also like as you say there was the man handing out the, the flyers at the beginning of the film there is the he the looks like Usher the Terminator <laughs> yeah so yeah the main character Cheryl she's on the train and she keeps seeing flashes of like saying like a Jello film of this guy with like a metal half face and you see all these punks in that and she's clearly like very scared by punks he doesn't like punks definitely yeah she's uh, and uh, so she keeps seeing flashes of this guy with this metal face and 
she encounters him in the subway or the train station and he hands yeah. her this like invitation to see this film and he's like then handing it out to other people so she asks for another one for her friend which she gives to her friend Cheryl and then they skip I love class. how when he's hand- when he's handing out the stuff he's so normal that's yeah. what I kind of liked. He, I thought he was going to still be creepy, but he wasn't. He was just like a student handing out flyers. Yeah. <laughs> Which so, totally undercut like him coming back, I thought. So Cheryl and, and uh, is it Kathy? They go to um, they go to the cinema Bunkoff School. And then yeah. they meet George and Ken. Who <laughs> well are like, done on the names. <laughs> I'm looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> That's how I know. And... They basically they're trying to get the Cheryl and Kathy are trying to get some drinks out of the vending machine and you know they can't get it out so it takes a man to come over just to punch it. Yeah, they they basically meet the two preppiest boys in Berlin. Yeah, like they are absolutely just American preppy boys. It's so weird. Who it's are so, like, clearly they're... Italian but being dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With their like they all have like the scarf, the the jumpers tied around their necks and stuff like that. Like, but like very. You learn, like, to be honest with Cheryl and Kathy, you learn little to nothing about me. All you know is Kathy doesn't want to see a horror film, and obviously that's what yeah. they end up watching. And Cheryl, no, Cheryl doesn't want to see the horror film. Kathy wants to see the horror film. I don't know, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then the I two have to lads. Say, what was making me laugh when I watched, like, kind of Kathy's being presented as this, like, you know, innocent little girl, like, in the scary world of Berlin and stuff like that with street punks and, and crime and demons. And I was looking to watch um, she was wearing when she came off the subway, and I was like, I dressed like that, like, four days ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I was like, when did I turn into, like, the, the innocent girl riding the subway? <laughs> Careful, you're going to be in a horror film soon. I know, I'm going to get attacked by Demon Face Man. Um, so, um, yeah, they're, they're we, in the cinema, the Georgians... And we meet the other guests, yeah, that are coming oh, yeah. to see the film. <laughs> so you like, meet the, the kind this of... This is a crew, this is a crew of, of, of interesting characters. <laughs> so you meet the, uh, the pimp-looking guy, Tony the Pimp. Yeah, I was so disappointed when they revealed them to be a pimp and two hookers. I just thought they were three people. That's what I thought. And then I just looked on in, on Wikipedia now and it says Tony the Pimp. Yeah, it's because like basically halfway through the film, the because there's a couple there on their anniversary and he's like a wife beater. I don't know. Shut up, woman. Man. Yeah, he's like that kind of. <laughs> and uh, he moans about fucking hookers like behind me. And I was like, and I, at that moment, my heart sank, and I was like, "Are they really presenting these just these two women as hookers just because they're with a black guy?" I didn't know what made them hookers any more than that. They weren't yeah. like dressed particularly bad. I don't know. I was so disappointed in the film by that for some reason. It really annoyed yeah. me. I mean, it probably eight. Like not to 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 like forgive it, but it's eighties Italy. I oh, guess. I know. I don't know. And it's just know. You know, whatever. It's, like it's, it's totally whatever. I just I just had a reaction. Is, and like the, I guess what I'm saying. Like so, one of the women that are with Tony the Pimp, she she picks up the mask and puts it on her face. But I think yeah. before that, the blind guy touches it. Yeah. Oh, don't missed touch out this. The blind man. Yeah. <laughs> like who is curiously at the film? <laughs> yeah, and he's got his niece. Yeah, he's who yeah, is the, describing the, the film attending this the, this this theater showing with his niece, and he's the man who goes like, "This cinema didn't exist three years ago; it burnt down." Yeah, something like, um, and they sit at the back of the uh, the the showing, and the niece gives the worst audio descriptions of ever. 
when he to try and explain what's happening in the movie. But most bizarrely, a man sits next to her who I believe is her lover, I guess. And then I don't know where that came out. I they decided I felt to... like I'd blinked and then they were making out. <laughs> like... Right next to him, it was very bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, the, so the the first girl who puts on the mask, she gets a cut from the mask. And then when you watch the mm-hmm. film on the screen, which apparently when they were watching the, the film that was going to be on screen, it was going to be one of Dario Argento's films or one of um, Lamberto Barva's earlier films just to save on costs. But I guess they that wanted to have some fun. sort of connection. So The film they were watching was so boring. Oh, yeah. It was so bad. So you got basically the film they're watching. There's four kids. They're in like kind of tomb. Cat. Yeah, know, it's, it's Nostradamus's tomb, and they won't stop talking about Nostradamus. <laughs> and <laughs> but the, what I, what I think is amazing is they they find a coffin, and they're like brushing off all the the dust yeah. and everything, and they're like going N O S, and they're like, Nostradamus, and it's like, well, no, you've just been talking about Nostradamus for the past. You've been five talking minutes. about Nostradamus for the last fucking forty minutes. <laughs> when he goes, like my favorite line reading from the film was. Um, Nostradamus, he's a guy that that predicted all these things that are going to happen, like Hitler, the World Wars, the rise of the demons, uh, the animes. Like, and I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's, what was that third one you said? Let's get back to this third one that you casually brushed over. <laughs> but then, and so then, I guess... It- and then the demons rose, apparently, you know. And then I guess at the same spot that the guy in the film puts the mask on and gets the cut, the girl who got the cut from putting the mask on earlier, she starts to feel ill, so runs to the toilet, and then obviously starts to turn into a demon. And I do, I do think the Rosemary. effects are quite cool, though. Like proper, like yeah, neon green, like slime yeah, coming out of their mouths, goo and, and slime coming out of everywhere, and everything's pulsating. I love it. I love it. Like I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, that was I was getting kind of annoyed with the flow of the film, and then Rosie went to the toilet and started having goo everywhere, and it was like, oh, hang on, we, we're we're cooking now. This is good. Like, um, yeah, and then her, the other then friend kind comes of, to look for her. I guess. Yeah, eventually, it's you get like yeah, as you said, the the blind guy's niece is making out with a random guy, um, and then Rosemary's friend goes to find her, and she gets attacked, and I really like this scene actually when she's getting attacked behind the cinema screen and she's screaming and on screen you get them they're getting attacked as well like uh, well, yeah because she's tent. yeah like the one guy's like oh it's just the dolby <laughs> it's the dolby surrounds yeah 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 yes yeah, my favorite line in the movie but um, it's what the i like dolby. Uh, so so these cuts whatever they have like obviously um rosemary has a bigger gash on her neck and that but uh, the first girl it kind of develops as a giant spot like on Dr. Pimple Popper mm. and then it like obviously just pops and then the demon demonic stuff takes over them um, yeah look at look at her fingernails <laughs> I, lo- I love that effect though when uh, Rosemary yeah it was great and the, the yeah. claws like come out of her actual fingertips it's really cool yeah really good um, and then yeah the eyes turn and they turn into like these kind of demons I guess they're I mean they look very demons, much demons, like um, horror hags from Evil Dead don't they I think yeah I was Deadites is what I thought Deadites, totally. yeah. yeah yeah straight away that's what I was thinking of when I was watching this actually um, but yeah like and then you kind of just get into the kind of morass of the horror film right you've you've got two demons you get 
another one like people are getting killed you've kind of been introduced to all the characters and they're just kind of trying to escape so i have to say the the pimp guy what was his name again oh tony the pimp tony the most logical character that exists in this movie like like i'm sure they're presenting him as a bad guy but he's like no come on everybody we're gonna try and escape and then there's no doors or they can't get out so he's like right we're gonna we gotta stop this movie so they barge into like the kind of like um, projector room and stuff like that and it's worth saying that the the, for some reason the doors are now just solid concrete yeah so people just can't get out at all um so then they like they try to get they smash into the projector room and it's all these giant fucking like computers like with blip blop lights yeah there's nobody operating it like and then he just goes let's just smash it (laughs) they just (laughs) yes they go like he goes let's smash everything and they're like yeah yeah yes you should um at that point that's after the smash everything line is when we meet the punks I've written that down. It's the first cut to the punk. But I do find it weird that the first song you hear them is Go West. Now, if you don't know Go West, they're not <laughs> punk music or anything. They do the sa- they do the theme song to Pretty Woman. So it's kind of very, as you say, preppy kind of... I think they're British, actually, Go West. Yeah, I think they're British. Like a double, yeah. a I don't know them. Again, this is another band that I know the name of and I have it's no idea. It's just cheesy synth pop, kind of. Like the King of Simple Wishes was the song they did for... Um, it uh, does so. feel like they kind of just made a deal with a studio, like a, a record label, label or something. Yeah, because yeah, they're just Give such an eclectic group. This, yeah, these are the bands. Rick Springfield, put that in there somewhere, please. Like, um, but yeah, so you meet the punks who are passing around a can of coke. Yeah, they've stolen a snoring. car. Oh, they've stolen a car. Yes, they've stolen a car and driving very legally with it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Like it's like when you like Grand Theft Auto if you steal a car and try not to get like a star so you like following all the lights and stuff like that like <laughs> and she's moaning that like there's no like next time we're gonna get a Ferrari or something because this this car's shit and I'm like yeah you've stolen a car and you're just driving around slowly through Berlin. <laughs> um, we cut back. We're gonna get back to the punks because we cut back and they decided they've smashed up the projector. So now they're on the balcony. This is a very important scene. Um, and the blind man who had his eyes poked out is kind of fine, actually. <laughs> like, it, for some reason, it takes a while for him to to turn. It does. And he, he takes long enough for him to give a bit of exposition. Yeah. Um, which is about that it's not the movie. It's the theatre itself. I can tell because I'm a creepy blind man and we have special powers in horror movies. And then he says, like, his niece is dead. And Tony's like, well, we need to chuck her over the balcony, right? Because people are turning into demons. And everyone goes fucking mad at him for it. I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's the logical thing to fucking do. And he's like, no, like, we need to get rid. And so he's trying to, like, dispose of the body where everyone's yelling at him for being a monster. And during him trying to dispose of the body, he gets attacked. And I'm like, Tony was good. Tony was your leader. Tony was the most logical. He knew that he had to get out of there. Like, he knew that he's can't almost have, like, like... He's like the Ken Foray who, you know, he was in a lot of... <laughs> yeah. uh, he was in Dawn yeah. of the Dead. Obviously, he wasn't a pimp. But the, the <laughs> strong black lead, like a da- Keith yeah. David kind of character. 
if I was there, I'd be like, no, I'm following Tony. Tony's like going to keep me alive. And all the people in that place hated him. Every every person hated him and treated him like the enemy. And I'm just, I'm basically just calling out racism, I guess. It's just some bullshit racism. And this is why (laughs) humanity's doomed. Because we don't listen to Tony when he's like, we have to get rid of the body. I'm sorry, guys. I know it's traumatic, but we shouldn't have the body here. Um, And they just don't like him for that. Then kind of, then we cut back to the punks. This is why we had to cut back because this scene is fucking mental and I can't believe it's in any movie that's ever existed. And it's, we're so long in this scene. This oh, scene is this takes, where they're cleaning up the coke? <laughs> this is when they spill, they fight over the can and they spill cocaine all over the fucking car. Everywhere. It's like a fucking talcum powder I mean, has blown up. It's so edgelordy having the co- coke in the coke. Oh, it's like God, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It feels like a middle-aged man thought punks do this. It just doesn't, it just feels like he's never really heard I mean, of cocaine, but it's that, called coke. That's at that all point in the eighties, most punks were probably straight edge. Like these punks did not exist <laughs> these after the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like they weren't doing coke. Coke wasn't a fucking punk drug at this fucking mid eighties. That was a preppy fucking drug. Yeah, yeah totally. Know. Like, but whatever. Like. It goes everywhere and the guy driving the car gets really fucking angry and he yells at Little Piggy to clean it all up and Little Piggy replies with, Oh yeah, that's Rambo talking baby. Ooh, oh yeah, tough ripper. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you can tell that the person saying that was saying it phonetically. He didn't know what he was saying. He was just no saying one. it. The person and then whoever who wrote did the that dub in the script had didn't to know kind what he was of... saying. The person saying it didn't know what he was saying. And then saying. the person <laughs> doing the dub had to kind of match the sync. So it just does not work in any way, shape or form. <laughs> no shape or form. And then there's a creepy scene where the other guy is getting coke off the other girl. Yeah, so she's like, I cleaned it all up and they're like, not all of it. There's some snow in the valley. Yeah, and it's a <laughs> creepy bit. Which I felt quite uncomfortable watching that little bit. We spend ages with him like taking like a razor across her boobs, scraping off cocaine, like just to get some boob in the picture, really. Yeah. It's, it takes forever. This whole scene of them cleaning up the coke takes fucking forever. It's like, it's like half the runtime of this film. That's <laughs> not true. But like, and... It just, it's, I don't know why it's there. It, it's just, it's, it's like called the, padding, I guess. They probably got to say, we've got to, we've got to do it. We, we promised to deliver a 90 minute movie. So, yeah. We're just going to keep cutting back to this. <laughs> cutting back to Snow in the Valley. Oh, my God. And they eventually get chased out of the car because some cops, I guess. I guess. Yeah. This bit of the film, I have to say, just is all a morass to me because it just stops being structured. It stops being like it's, they're trying it's to get out. It's just basically all now. The, it's, it's just demons attacking humans. Humans, yeah, randomly. Demons. And I, I got confused about some of the survivors. There were people in the air vents who I thought were the preppy couple, but then they end up being. I was they the, just uh, end the, up being some random. The younger boy and girl. Like, yeah, and I thought I, I thought it was Ken and Cheryl or something, but it wasn't. Like I did like the creature in the in the vents with them. Like the demon was kind of like a bit more dog like or something with the long. Yeah, nails chasing and stuff them. like that. I w- I, I couldn't work was... out if that was meant to be his girlfriend because she's he was like, oh, you've been you... either he got scratched or she did. I can't yeah. remember. It, they were very it, uh... the, the rules about if you got scratched or not didn't seem no. to really matter at all because no. by the end of it, the main guy has a massive scratch on his arm. Yeah, she has nothing, and then obviously it's like a bit of a reversal that the one who has no scratch 
it just felt like it, it had this kind of coherent flow at the one point we're following this group of survivors they're getting attacked i can i get the geography of the place and then yeah. since the balcony scene i just lost the geography of what was going on i lost the crowd who the crowds were who i was rooting for who were in groups because it felt like they'd all scattered the geography of the cinema didn't make any sense anymore. I don't think they use the cinema enough. Like, let's have some well, fucking they, confectionery stands or something. Well, else they barricade like that, like, themselves or... on the balcony for some reason, yeah. and they're, they're ripping up the mo- what looked like the most uncomfortable cinema seats ever because they're just <laughs> wooden seats. I'm guessing that's just so they're easy to rip up, and they're like barricading like the entrances, which yeah. they eventually have to escape from later on anyway. Which seems like the longest when you know, when they're crawling through it to escape yeah. later on. Well, when it's, they uh, and then basically they hear the punks behind the, and they go, "Oh, we're being saved!" So they open up all the barriers and then the demons flood in and kill them all. Really, yeah, they're kind. That's of, kind of like the end of the big group of them, and that's the point where you get really nice shots of light. You get the the demon guys attacking. You get the glowing eyes and stuff like that. There is really nice. The shots glowing eyes like did that. look really cool. Like there was the one shot where they're all walking down the hallways and they got the shadows mm. beaming on the ceilings. That looked really cool. And then, like, we, find, we eventually get to kind of the end set piece. I really like Cheryl turning. But again, there was... I felt like there was too much talking going on instead of letting me fight, like watch the horror of what's going. But I liked kind of the demon popping out of her back. That was really um, cool, and actually, attacking yeah. them. Great effect. They just kept on cutting too much to the fucking Italian actors saying, like, the preppy boys. And I was like, let me just watch the, the demon. Well, you know why they like, do that, though? They have to cut back because they, they've got, then got a different setup for a different animatronic or prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That then yeah, has totally. another movement, so they cut back to something else, and so then they can have it the was teeth. Just the, it, it just felt like Birdemic to me. It was like they were cutting and having to say lines, and I was like, just you can use coverage. You don't have to have them yeah. describe what they're seeing. Like It just felt like it was ruining the flow. Just have the same them. creature, but from a different angle or a close-up. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, a bit like, you know, going, oh, and look what's American happening Werewolf, now. Which has one yeah. of the <laughs> most famous And it'll cut again, and someone go, oh, my God, look. Oh my god, there! And I was like, "Stop giving them lines. They don't need lines. Just have them scream. Like, stop like describing stuff." But then we have to talk about this fucking end piece because what? What was this? What? What? Well, first of all, Ken Ken gets Ken, Ken gets, gets like scratched, and then yeah. so he's like, "You've got to kill me. Kill me with this." And then, in like we said earlier in the foyer, there's like a, a medieval knight on a motorbike. Yeah, with the with the sword and holding the mask, yeah. So he takes the sword down <laughs> and makes George kill him with the sword. Yes. And then there's a whole very bizarre set piece driving <laughs> that goes up forever. <laughs> it's like so. Of you've seen Brain Dead. The end of that is the main guy going around yeah, the house. It was like the end of Brain Dead, but not yeah. as good. Like that is no, amazing. No, no. Like but it the, was, yeah, with the uh, lawnmower, and he's just like yeah. mowing everyone down. This is him on a motorbike inside of the cinema, just driving around in a circle, just slashing. Yeah, back teams. and forth, back and forth, up and down the aisle, chopping the same thing. There were some good head decapitations sort of... and stuff, though. No, it was good. It was just weird. <laughs> like, and then, and then a helicopter crashes through the roof. <laughs> but it's and a very I slow crash. Didn't know. I didn't know where we were anymore. Well, <laughs> so when I was watching, I was like, "Was that always there?" But I'm guessing yeah. it fell from the sky. Which, yeah, if it I fell from it. the sky, it'd be a I lot more. I get it now <laughs> after the end of the film, but they didn't introduce the fact that like the city had broken down and maybe like 
you know, like the helicopter pilot turned in the air and attacked someone I else. Mean, it's and then very quick crashed. this turn, isn't it? This the whole take is quicker than COVID. You know, just <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> quicker than COVID. <laughs> but it, like, I was just like, what? what? Was there always a helicopter in the attic? Like, is this the is, body yeah. that's haunting the cinema? Is I don't, and they don't explain it at all. And, Conveniently, there's a grapple launcher in there as well. Yeah, so they kind of convert a bit of the the, the helicopter into a grappling hook and they they grapple onto the um, rooftops. And that's when the demon leaflet giver turns up. With the metal face. Wrestles Ken? No. George. George. (laughs) Um, And eventually he gets like his face pushed through some rebar by Cheryl. Um, And that's... And he doesn't. He just dies, which really surprised me. He just dies. Yeah. I thought, like <laughs> I really thought he was gonna like pull himself off it and attack again. No, he's just dead. Like, but then we do get um, some nice shots of like the apocalypse that's happening now and people like yeah being infected and dragging people back in buildings. It basically like, it looks like I thought it looked like Raccoon City in Resident Evil Two. Yeah, it's very like, yeah. To be fair, yeah, definitely. It, and I thought it was actually I liked when they came out of cinema and suddenly it's like the apocalypse has happened. Which is a nice idea. It feels like Res- it did feel like Resident Evil Two to me, um, but now I understand where the helicopter came from. But they needed to have introduced that. Yeah, that was definitely. so fucking confusing. And then basically they're fighting demons and an Aryan family, like a Boer family, from like, <laughs> with the kid like just chewing on bread. <laughs> who was the only one with the- a broken accent? They, they obviously didn't dub him. They kept his like weird accent, but. Yeah, they were like some burrs from South Africa in a yeah. jeep with like like the blondest like bleach blondest hair you've ever seen, just like driving. I expected Berlin. Louis Theroux to be sitting on the back of the <laughs> jeep with them. It was so weird. They were wearing like burr like um, like shorts and everything. I it know. Was like, where... It was so weird. And then they were like, "Oh yeah, you're white. Come with us. We're gonna." We're survivalists. We're going into the countryside, and then you get a bit of the credits, and you think, "Oh, it's all done. It's over there. They're going to find, you know, like their own little safe space." But then, then Cheryl or Kathy, which I think it's Cheryl. Cheryl basically turns, and like you think, "What? (laughs) Since when did she turn? Like, why? What?" And then, is it the kid turns around and blasts it, or the girl? One of them. I think it's the little boy. I think it's the boy. I think yeah, the, the little boy. boy just blasts yeah. her away just and blasts. just leaves her off, off on the road. Brilliant. Which is like, yeah, that's a that's an ending. Like, it's you wouldn't get that ending nowadays. That wouldn't have like the studio would be like, eh, eh, maybe we keep the couple alive. <laughs> maybe the end of the film isn't the apocalypse has happened. I don't know. Like, but I liked it. I like the ending. Kind of, I think I did. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it was very, I think, it I mean, was very weird. <laughs> look, it's not a film I'm, I'd rush to watch again, but I had had fun while watching it. And obviously, there's a lot of uh, what, <laughs> why, okay, yeah. But I think the juice the, for me was totally all in the practical effects. I thought, oh it yeah, they're really brilliant. good. And I, yeah, I just, I really just loved all that. I did, did just really love all that was going on, really, all that practical effects and stuff. Yeah. That was just that worked for me totally. The rest of the film is just all whatever. There's just like, as you say, it really did feel like padding. <laughs> um, that they need they need to find something, but yeah, just needs to have a bit, just more interesting characters and like 
a bit more recent, but like films like Slither, which are kind of schlocky in that kind of way. Yeah. But at least the characters have something about them. And even like we spoke about Brain Dead earlier, those characters have got something about them. And yes. like these characters, these characters are, are nothing. They're, they're just nothing. Nothing. Yeah. They'd, and as you say, all the ever, all the lines ever are, are like, "Look over there." Oh no. What's going yeah. on? Like it's there's never any dialogue that is like anything else. Anything it's like a- AI else. written probably AI may have put more character in it. I don't know. AI would have tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I jump between the. I mean, I so I appreciate the kind of like like that eighties Italian kind of artfulness of the shots, the horror, the kind of gore and the practical effects. That's all fun, and I had a good time. It you know in the end of the day. So what would you give it out of five? I'm definitely like probably three and a half. Yeah, yeah I'm three and a half. Same. Yeah. I'm I'm interested enough to give Demons to a watch. Put it that way. I might not be that interested. To <laughs> <laughs> but I was fine with this. I didn't like get. I wasn't like that was terrible. It was what much much more watchable than I thought it was. I thought I was going to give it in for, but it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, like other films we've watched when like other horror films and suddenly I'm like oh I'm really into this or this is really funny or this has a lot to it it's just there wasn't a lot there it was just yeah. watching practical effects really for me like and looking back was, at the sorry. previous Halloween's we did brain damage which for me that was like a little gem that like that had character yeah, and purpose so good. And, yeah. and like the you know just Elmer that little little you know the little parasite thing was just fantastic and and they're obviously different movies, but they're obviously in the horror genre, so we're allowed to kind of, kind of yeah, a little bit. As you said, if this was like if I was watching Tales from the Crypt, you know, anthology, and this was like the second anthology, and they just cut it down, perfect. You know, a bunch of like stereotypes go and watch a movie, and they turn into demons and kill each other. Yeah, that's that's that should be the second movie of an anthology movie. And I think you can tell it started out that way. It started yeah. out as, you know, and they just padded and padded to try and make a movie that was near two totally. minutes. And that's so, and whatever. Like, it is what it is. So, um, I think that about wraps it up, what do you reckon? Yeah, it probably does. Yeah. yeah. So what we, we talked about next time? Well, hopefully, we should be wrapping up. We're not wrapping up. <laughs> wrapping up. Hopefully, we're getting back to our... Um, 30s movies yeah we keep promising to do this but you know <laughs> we can we can hope but we should be watching devil is woman which i think i've said before that's the next one we need to record and we haven't recorded yeah. it yet so de- the devil the devil is a woman that's what yeah i still yeah. think you've got the uh the thin man to come as well with brandon as the guest yeah that should be out soon but look forward to us rambling on and coming back All right, well, on that note, uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, don't forget, you can reach out to us on Twitter if it still exists. Uh, We are at Adjust Your Tracking. That's with a Y, not your. Um, Yeah, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on whatever you listen to us on. And yeah, don't forget, if the picture's bad, always adjust your tracking. Thank you.